Living Reconciled, a podcast dedicated to giving our communities practical evidence of the gospel message by helping Christians learn how to live in the reconciliation that Jesus has already secured for us by living with grace across racial lines. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Living Reconciled, episode 37. 37. And the first episode of the new year. I'm your host, Brian Crawford, with my stupendous friends. Stupendous. Good friends. Extremely impressive friends. Extremely impressive. That's what stupendous means right. for those that don't know. Nettie Winters, Austin Hoyle. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great, man. Welcome to 2024. 2024. You know, when you said the, the number 37 episode... That's how old I was when I met Nettie Winters. And so that just did something to my heart when you said that. <laughs> it did something to your heart. Did, some, did something to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> hard, hard in your heart. I, I, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm still diagnosing still, still what, it, what, it did. what it did. It did but you. it did something to my heart. What you? What, you, what kind of friend you say we are? Stu- Stupendous. Stupendous. Incredibly, very impressive. Very impressive. Extremely impressive. Now, what, what is the opposite? Of, what is that? Antonym of, of extremely impressive. <laughs> extremely unimpressive would be the Extremely antonym. unimpressive. I haven't found that word yet, but I'll find it and I'll share it with you guys next week. Boring. Unremarkable. <laughs> unremarkable. <laughs> yeah. Unremarkable friends. <laughs> unremarkable friends. Nettie Winters and Austin Hoyle. Special kind of, thanks to our sponsors of, today. Why don't you say episode 37 again? Get his heart. Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, episode yeah, 37. Yeah, yeah. Is out of rhythm now because yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. this now, is episode 37, episode and 37. believe it or not, this is a new year. And yeah, yes, yeah. we will we will actually get to some content here. Maybe. Um, special Maybe. thanks to our sponsors: Nissan, St. Dominic's Hospital, Atmos Energy Regions Foundation, um, Brown Missionary Baptist, Christian Life Church, Miss Doris Powell, Mr. Robert Ward, Miss Ann Winters. Thank you guys so much. It's because of what you do that we're able to do what we do. And today we want to begin to unpack a theme that will run throughout this year, living reconciled, loving our neighbors, living reconciled, loving our neighbors. Very simple. At least it sounds like it. Well, you don't love them and our neighbors. Now, you know that I got a third to sit here. You know, who is, I'm like the guy in Luke 10, you know, who is my neighbor? I want to love them, man. Just show me who they are. Just show me who they are. You yeah. figure, if I can figure out who my neighbor is, they're going to be loved on. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, you know. Absolutely. Why, why would a concept, before we even get to the who, <laughs> why? Why what? Why? Why would a concept like, a command that Jesus gives us. By the way, the Bible gives us this command eight times. We at least hear it eight times, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, we hear it in the Old Testament. We hear it in the New Testament. We hear it in the Gospels. We hear it in the epistles or the letters of the apostles. Um, constantly, we are hearing this command to love our neighbor as ourselves. Why would this command be important and instrumental in the year of our Lord, 2024? Well, you know, obviously, <laughs> Jesus was repeating himself, or the command was repeating himself. Obviously, for me, somebody wasn't loving their neighbor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and for me in my lifetime, it highlights the essence of not loving your neighbor. We're divided over uh, so much stuff, and we're not kind. We're we're not gracious to each mm-hmm. other. You know, we, we've taken social media, in, in my sense, to mean something other than what it really is uh, yeah, in terms yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. I think it's kind of, I, I think, you know, what's the antonym for stupendous, which is unimpressive, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm actually going somewhere. I'm not just, I'm not just rehashing are, old, uh, old I spats. Left, I'm, I, I, I'm I actually going somewhere. Seven. I believe but, you know, but, but, but what's the antonym of, of, of loving, loving our neighbor? Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, it's nihilism. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a focus on self. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I think at least if I read my Bible correctly and just about every turn we're taught, we're, we're, we're taught as a, as a people who, who want to live godly lives mm-hmm. to, to be a people who live outside of ourselves in the sense that we're connecting ourselves to God and we're connecting ourselves to, uh, to other persons, either through a believing community or through being a witness of that love that we have to God. So the opposite of that is a focus on self mm-hmm. is, is it's almost nihilistic mm-hmm. in that way because you know it, it's it's a command what is that word to look you use almost na- nihilistic 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so what? It's it's no, almost. No, Nettie, Nettie wasn't asking you to correct the pronunciation. Nettie was saying, "What does that, that mean?" mean oh. right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you, Brian. And, um, <laughs> it, and, and, and it means that um, a a profound lack of meaning or purpose, right, in one's life, almost a sense of um, nothing matters. Yeah, yeah, like when we when we're hundred percent consumed by self. Mm-hmm. It, we we it, it it leads towards nihilism because self cannot be a meaning or purpose right for a person's life right so so I I, I really I really do think because in in every command that God gives us uh, I I truly believe that it's it's not just an abstract command I I, I really believe that God is just trying to reason with us and say love your neighbor. I don't see it as, as thou shalt love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more like love your neighbor if you know what's good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that's 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 the way I look at this and pro- mm-hmm. approach this. That yes, we follow God's commands because God commands us to do them. But mm-hmm. God commands us to do them because they have a positive, practical effect in our lives and the lives of other people. God's commands so. are always bring, they're bringing us they're bringing us back to the garden. Exactly. Yeah. Bring us back a, to the garden. We're, 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 exactly. constantly, we're constantly finding exactly. ways to leave the garden. And, 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 he's, our, and he's trying to bring us back to what's exactly. good. Exactly. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Our, my ways are good. Mm-hmm. Not and just simply good for me, but my ways are good for you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, you know, in, in it being the opposite of that kind of self-focus, mm-hmm. you know, that lack of meaning, lack of purpose, because I think that when we love our neighbor, especially love our neighbor as ourselves, mm-hmm. that we are finding the purpose mm-hmm. that God has for our lives mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. calling us back to a better way of living. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and it has good practical effects for our lives. I mean, that's, that's why I think we need to listen to God uh, for two reasons. First of all, God is telling us to do it. Second Absolutely. of all, it, it does bring about <laughs> Absolutely. the greatest good for our lives. Absolutely. And, and I think God knows that because, I mean, we, we, we see people who have that strong just focus on self or just their small affinity groups. That we may have not moving beyond that, and I think we're going to talk about what neighborly means. It's not just the people who look like us or think like us or have the same ideology Absolutely. as us, you know, because we we still can connect person to person, but still not be loving our neighbor because Absolutely. we've we've constricted our understanding of neighborliness to to just those that we like or those that think like us or look like us or talk like us. Even that can bring towards a, a lack of ultimate meaning and purpose yeah. in our lives. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we, we are about to talk about that in terms of Luke chapter 10. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about a number of different passages. Again, I mentioned eight passages re- reference loving neighbor as ourselves. We're going to, we're going to see those passages throughout the year if the Lord wills. But we want to focus on Luke 10 today because it's really kind of giving us the who behind neighbor. And, I, and we and we all agree that that's important. But I'm glad, Austin, that we started with a little bit of a philosophical discussion around the Lord's commands. Right. Yeah. Because the Lord, obviously, he is commanding because he's the Lord and we should follow and obey because he's the Lord. And, you know, we, we think about judgment that comes when we don't obey or things of that, you know, all these types of things that people have in their mind when they think about commandments, right? But oftentimes what we de-emphasize in favor of emphasizing the judgment elements, we mm-hmm. de-emphasize the element of taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. And so obey because there's goodness in mm-hmm. that obedience. Exactly. So loving our neighbor as ourselves, we typically think, oh, well, I, I better do it. Or maybe something bad might happen because I didn't do what thus says the Lord. Mm-hmm. But what we're arguing is don't even think first in those terms. Mm-hmm. Think first in this is a gift to me. Yeah. I Loving think- my neighbor as myself is gift for I, me, I, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we think about the the punishment because most of our um, human experience is you better do it mm-hmm. if you know what's good for you, especially when we're dealing with authorities, mm-hmm. right? So some kind of punishment come with that, but you know, you said that people are, are are doing it because of that or think about that. I don't know that that to be a Factual. When you look at the statistics and you look at what reality is, we're not loving our neighbor. So 
the incentive or decentive of punishment or judgment or whatever else is really not working because well, we're I'm saying not that, doing I'm, it. I'm saying I'm saying we're not paying attention to either one. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm saying not, not adequately yeah, enough. Yeah. Or or if we pay attention to one, it's to the detriment of the other when it should be more in balance. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm not saying we're loving out of fear because we're not doing that. But I'm saying also we're not loving because of the we we don't even see the gift that's involved in and, loving and, nature. And when we say we're not doing this, we um and, and, and I understand what you're saying. Sure. Uh, let's let's. I, I would like yeah, to tease that I'm out like, because well, I want to know who because when we say we're not doing something, um, I, I know what you're saying. I'm always thinking I, about I, I'm always thinking about the cultural but I context even have, that I'm yeah in. culture because I can think you know. I do that sometimes. I can yeah. see my wife do that. I can see you do that, Brian. Yep. Andy, I see you do that. Do what now? But but I but I under uh, loving people okay. as as their neighbor, mm-hmm. um, or or not doing it, or not 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 doing it because apparently you got <laughs> right. that empty house sitting next to you with rats and cats, right? <laughs> right, right, right. But no, um, so it's just like so that so That's that that, that we so that that we <laughs> so that That's we real um, later. <laughs> So that we and I got I guess I want to qualify a little just yeah. a little yeah, bit because I want ahead. that I want Are that you, you accept when I you say, not part of the we no I am part of the we yeah. okay I, and I don't want to exclude people from the we but I also want us to be able to to nuance it in such a way of saying but yes of course this is happening in pockets of the kingdom yeah absolutely but but in the overall kingdom and the overall culture of uh of 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 our churches and of course I'm um, thinking even western and body church. of Christ and Wesleyan church West, uh, well, western Wesleyan, not Wesleyan West, western sorry West, yeah. sorry sorry western sorry. church yeah. western church yeah. in, in in general absolutely. overall so that'd be America the United United, yes. King, uh, yes. United Kingdom. Uh, how good about parts we just? How about we Europe. just stick to Mississippi? Yeah. Okay, Y'all Mississippi. Lose it. Yeah. Mississippi. We, can, we can stay there. We but stay but there. but okay. So Mississippi. Yeah, we're not we're not doing that. But yet we still have small pockets of people who are doing it and doing it Absolutely. well, and, Absolutely. And, and and have devoted their lives to doing that. Yes. So when we when we say we're not doing that, I also want us to uh, point out the you know the. The, the the parts where God truly is Amen. Uh, breaking into this world uh, at the uh, on on top of saying, but yes, at the same time, we you, as a larger body are I, not I, doing. I, I like that Amen. when when the devil challenged God in in Job, he says, "Have you considered my servant Job uh, today?" <laughs> I just want us to be thinking about if, in fact, we were going to point to somebody in these pockets. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Where are they? Move on. That's that's some later episode or something. But who are they and where are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's paying attention? Maybe we're gonna be. Maybe we're gonna interview some people during the course of the year that we've identified mm-hmm. are loving their neighbor well. Yeah. Matter you of fact, know, we you, we met a few this morning. We did. Um, and what they're talking about is we will go ministries Absolutely. in Jackson, Mississippi. Amen. I even took a picture of their um, mission statement, Amen. which I which I love, by the Amen. way. Now, other than this, so. you know, I don't want to get into that, but other than the sign on the wall said, you know, we're engaging in our we engage in our neighbors by loving them with Christ or loving some things about Christ. Other than the sign on or how we know they're doing that, but just oh, they go yeah, they, they go you. way beyond that. Okay. Shout, shout out yeah. to David and Amy Amy Lancaster who yeah, we'll okay. have on the mm-hmm. who we'll have on the podcast later on this year. So so shout out to them, shout yeah. out to them, absolutely. Yeah. So let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to begin to unpack Luke chapter ten. I want to get this, back to the why, man. I ain't and, and, and we're, we're, we're going to dig into the why, why? and then we're going to dig into the who of loving neighbor after we return on this episode of Living Reconciled. Living Reconciled is a work of Mission Mississippi, but it is not our only work. From days of dialogue and prayer meetings to consultation for schools, businesses, and churches, Mission Mississippi is eager to help you, your team, your church, and your community live reconciled. Every month, join us for our weekly prayer breakfasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6.45 a.m., our bi-weekly statewide connection meetings on Fridays at 10 a.m., and a focused time of prayer on the third Thursday of the month at 7 a.m. To get details on any of our upcoming events or to learn how you can invite us to your church, business, or school, visit our website at missionmississippi.org and click on the events button or call us at 601-353-6477. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Living Reconciled, episode 37. I'm your host, Brian Crawford, with my incredibly unremarkable friends, Nettie Winters, Austin Hoyle. I appreciate the honesty. (laughs) I really do. We finally got there. I, I know. I know. I like. I feel like we made a breakthrough in our relationship. Yeah, Stupendous absolutely. friends. <laughs> good, good, good friends. Now he's just kissing up. Great friends. <laughs> Great friends. And neighbors. 
Nettie Winters and Austin Hoyle. Neighbors. Neighbors. I'm your neighbor. Yes. Neighbors. You're all the way in Absolutely. Vicksburg. Yeah, yeah, man. Can I borrow a cup of sugar? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to unpack this concept and this idea of neighbor now because, as you can see, if we don't, Nettie's going to take it in places that it probably should not go. Luke chapter My 10. My daughter tells me I take it too far and stay too long. <laughs> <laughs> too your, daughter, uh, your daughter knows you too well, Nettie Winters. Uh, she knows you too well. There is a But don't passage. change who you are for anyone, Nettie. <laughs> there is a passage in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. I want to read a little bit of this passage. It says, Then an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he asked him, Jesus, how do you read it? And the expert answered him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus responds, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. The expert was right, man. Did you hear that? But wanting to justify himself, Mm. he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Let's stop right there. Yeah, see? Before see. we get into the parable of Jesus, let's just stop right there. There's an expert of the law who comes and asks Jesus a question. Jesus gives him a response. Then the expert of the law says, hey, I got this. You know, love the Lord with everything I got. Love my neighbor like I love me. Jesus says, hey, man, you got it. You know, you're on your way. Yeah. And then the expert wanting to justify himself. Self. Begins to nuance the discussion and say, well, Jesus, who exactly is we the passed, one I'm supposed to love like me? So we passed to why and we're to the who now? Well, we're gonna probably going we're probably going to sprinkle some why in here. Yeah, I was going to well. say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The, it's about to be a mishmash. Yeah, it's it's going to be some why and who in here. So, yeah. yeah. So talk to me a little bit about this justifying of self that leads to a person asking the question, well, who is my neighbor? Austin, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about well, what just you think no, about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm about to jump. I was so excited. It's just, it's just a, such a strong focus on self and um, and, and, and wanting to make sure uh, that that you know he was taken into account and that uh, this this whole life of salvation was about him instead of about the connection between God and the body of Christ and the, and other people and being a witness to the work that the Holy Spirit and Jesus does in their lives. Like that whole focus on self. I mean, yeah. I, I almost, I almost already kind of brought a lot of it up on the last time, you know, I, and I didn't even read very deeply in this passage, but I mean, but we just see how much that com, uh, comports uh, to that is that opposite of loving your neighbor is that entire focus on self. So even if, you know, it asks, what are, what are our motivations? What is our practical effect of, of the behavior that we have? If our motivations uh, for, you know, at least maybe having the outward signs of love, if our inward motivation is just about self, mm-hmm. that can't be sustained for very long. Uh, so that affects the second one, the practical out, um, the practical outliving of the, um, or what, what it is that we do Absolutely. and how it is that we live out. Um, you know, if our motivation isn't rooted in that love of neighbor and love of God, then, um, then that, that practical outpouring of love, it, God may be able to use that for a short time, but you're going to burn out. Yeah. Right. Self, self justification. Yeah. Is a deadly poison. It's, it's a deadly poison. And, and it, it can at times take on the, the, the image of, uh, of, of holiness and of yes. righteousness. Yes. But, but that's, uh, but if, if it, if you, if you don't infuse a true good spirit of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, through that living out somewhere in it, um, then it's, it's going to burn out eventually. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I do believe that, you know, sometimes, you know, justification of the self can be a way for someone to start out in their faith, or it can lead to that simply because, um, if they're trying to justify themselves, the guy's at least trying to learn a little bit more. And we don't know what happened to this person after this passage. Like we, we, we do not know this, this may, it's possible that this may have been somebody that after a couple of, you know, years 
mm-hmm. he was just like, yeah, I sure. remember Jesus. I remember sure. when Jesus tell me what I need to do. He came up, he came across another apostle or another body of Christ. Now, we, we don't know. Could have happened we that just, day. We don't, yeah, it could have happened, happened that, that day. day. Jesus, Jesus, remember, he ends the story, go and do likewise. <laughs> exactly. And that's the, and that's exactly. The the I mean, we, we just get somebody who wanted to uh, have salvation for himself or justify himself, um, but we don't know what the event was. That, but, but, um, but we don't here, know what this Hear that idea um, yeah. in the sense of, in seeking to justify himself, he asked the question, who is my neighbor? I mean, he knows, like I know, that when you start talking about loving people like you love yourself, yeah, that is an incredibly heavy command. And so what he wants to do is he wants to kind of thin this, thin this command out a little bit and say, okay, mm-hmm. well, let's talk about who my neighbor is. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, don't, I don't want it to be too many people that you're calling yeah, me yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, love yeah, like yeah. I love me. That, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a heavy command. And so, and so if, if I, if, if I have to do this on my own mm-hmm. in order to receive eternal life, then that means one or two things are going to happen. I'm going to thin this number out and, and, mm-hmm. and reduce it to a handful of people that I need to love like this. Yeah. Or, I'm going to burn myself out. Exactly. And I'm exactly. not going to be able to do this, right? Uh-huh. And so he's looking for good, answers. Good question. He's looking yeah, for answers. Who yeah. is my neighbor? Who is the mm. one that I have to love like this, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so the first thing we have to, even before we start talking about love of neighbor, we have to, we have to walk into this with the understanding that we have already been accepted in Christ, yes. right? And that we are loving from a love. That we've received the love and we're loving from a love. And mm-hmm. what that does is that removes the weight, so to speak, that self-justification has to present. Yes. Where it's like, I'm loving to earn a love. Exactly. It's like, exactly. So, so no, no, no. We're not loving to earn a love. Mm-hmm. We're loving because we've been loved. Because he first loved us. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, but to his credit, he's at least going in the right direction. Absolutely. He's at least yeah. asking the right questions to move him beyond the point where he's at. Absolutely. Even if he's not quite quite there. I always like to, I read this, I always read this passage with hope, thinking that he oh, was changed by the, by the, by the yeah. verse, even if we don't see his transformation in the scripture itself, because I, I, I think that the profound message that Jesus gave him was so impactful. Amen. Amen. Um, Amen. So, I could. I can't imagine change not happening. I'm going to read a little um, bit more of this passage, and then I want you guys to flesh it out a little bit more with me. Verse 30, it says in Luke chapter 10, Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hand hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan on his journey came up to him. And when he saw the man, he had compassion and he went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring an olive oil and wine, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he said, then Jesus told him, go and do the same. So going back to the top of this parable, there's a man on the road who gets overwhelmed and beaten up, left for dead by a group of robbers and he has opportunities to be helped three occasions, two of the occasions um, that help does not come. The last occasion that help does talk to me a little bit about this passage. Talk to me about just what you see and what you hear and how that relates back to our current moment in, in, in history and in culture. Well, for me, um, it always um, uh, is interesting to me that the most likely person to be your neighbor really don't act like a neighbor. And the person that's least likely to be a neighbor mm-hmm. end up being a neighbor. This story about mm-hmm. the Good Samaritan where you know the Jews and the Gentiles and and the mixed race of Samaritans had nothing to do with one another. So the fact that the priest and the other person, 
Somebody says preaching the deacon. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very, that's a very, uh, very, very good, very good connection. Yeah. So, it did not surprise me that they would go to the other side because it was a Samaritan. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and didn't surprise me the fact that, you know, I'm really got to get to church, got to get to church. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Samaritan's the one who comes. Right. Remember, the man on the road. The man on the road was. The more night. than the, the man on the road was them. You think it's more likely that it's he was them. A, he was the deal. All right. So yeah, anyway, absolutely. Here, absolutely. Here is the, the preaching the deacon, getting the church to get things mm-hmm. done. And mm-hmm. they didn't want to get involved with the, you know, it it was a mess, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I just maybe they said a prayer for him. I don't know what they mm-hmm. did. But the, the least likely person in this scenario is this good Samaritan. Yeah, I don't know why he's a good Samaritan. Uh, I guess all Samaritans are not good, but anyway, uh, I, Samar- I, I think we just later. Ta- I, I, well, I, I think it was an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. for the Jewish people, yeah. for the listeners, Absolutely. this would have been an oxymoron. A good Samaritan, Absolutely. because Samaritan would have been synonymous nothing with good, bad. Nothing well, good comes from Samaria, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. because yeah. he stopped and helped, he became good. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the challenge yeah. I have with that, as it relates to. What we do in living out reconciliation in the body of Christ, we still tend in many instances to live it out as though transformation never took place, sanctification yeah. is not taking place. We we live it out as though history is dictate our future, our present, the whole thing, you know, based on what has happened, you know, and I'm sure that had something to do with them going to the other side. Mm-hmm. History of you know, getting involved, the history of taking responsibility. Well, well, you're on a dangerous can. road. Yeah. I'm you're on a yeah, dangerous yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This, yeah. This, you this know, Jerusalem man, to Jericho, Jericho I'm, is known as a dangerous. Yeah. I'm getting yeah, out of yeah. here because they could be hiding in the bushes. I stopped here at PM, they could take advantage. That, and that so makes we sense. Don't, we don't want to. That makes sense. We don't want to yeah. crucify the first two guys, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had good reasons for whatever they're doing. But at the same time, Jesus is making known to us really about this neighbor thing. Here's the expert. You know, he really came up, really the, the question was, what do I need to do to have eternal life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how they got into this study. And so Jesus says, well, what did the law say about that? Mm-hmm. And because then he spoots out this law thing. Evidently, in that setting, and we can't see it, we can't feel it, we can't know a part of it. In that setting, I feel like there was something going on that's not being said out loud. Mm-hmm. Because he says, I said right. Instead of him leaving it at that, he still want to justify himself of being right. Being right about what? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that's 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 my initial thought, and and I know we want to flesh this out more. Yeah, we got some more to flesh out, but here's good news for you, radio listeners: is that this is a podcast, and so you can continue this podcast by joining us on the Living Reconciled Podcast. Go to any. Uh, podcast app, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere that you might listen to podcasts, search for Living Reconciled and download episode 37. And this conversation will continue for our radio listeners. We want to sign off saying God bless for our podcast listeners. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Living Reconciled is a work of Mission Mississippi, but it is not our only work. From days of dialogue and prayer meetings to consultation for schools, businesses, and churches, Mission Mississippi is eager to help you, your team, your church, and your community live reconciled. Every month, join us for our weekly prayer breakfasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6.45 a.m., our bi-weekly statewide connection meetings on Fridays at 10 a.m., and a focused time of prayer on the third Thursday of the month at 7 a.m. To get details on any of our upcoming events or to learn how you can invite us to your church, business, or school, visit our website at missionmississippi.org and click on the events button or call us at 601-353-6477. Hey, thanks again for joining us on episode 37 of Living Reconciled Bonus Content. Podcast listeners, we appreciate you. Um, please like, share, and subscribe to the Living Reconciled podcast. For those that are listening for the first time, we want to welcome you to 2024, episode 37. We are unpacking Living Reconciled, Loving Our Neighbors. And in this theme for 2024 of Living Reconciled, Loving Our Neighbors, the first place that we wanted to start was, was Luke chapter 10. 
because in Luke chapter 10, we not only hear the command, love your neighbors as yourself, but we also get a chance to see who is my neighbor. And that's where we left on the other side of the break on this episode. Nettie, talk a little bit more about you, that. You, you know, to unfold that some more, in my mind, I'm thinking the least likely person to mm-hmm. come to my rescue. Let's just let's just put it out there on the table. The least likely person that will come to a African American, a black person rescue, is probably not going to be a white person. That's what you think in your mind, or vice versa. And because of the history of toxicity between them, my experience has been in many instances. The person that I thought was my enemy, not only to come to my rescue or come to be my neighbor, I thought the person was my enemy. And many times when I was in the uh, corporate world, that this person that was serving on the board of directors that I was working for, the least person that I would have never gone to that person, I would never even thought to have that person in my mind. He showed up one day. And says, in this midst of the conflict, conflict and confusion around what we were discussing, he says, I sit at home minding my own business. And something just told me to come to this meeting. And he ended up rescuing me, in my sense, from the very people I thought had my back. Right, right. And that was <laughs> like, man, mm-hmm. here this guy is that, that I would have never thought would have had any inkling. And I don't know that he would have had even the inkling. See, that's the other thing about this thing. That, you know, this this good Samaritan coming along. Here's this non-Samaritan, in a sense. And these other guys have passed him away. What incident, what motivation caused him to stop and do likewise? Do do the nursing and, and, and bandaging and, and helping this guy. And I'm thinking in my mind, it's like, you know, sometimes I have empathy to with other folks that ex- have is experiencing some of the things I've experienced. Mm. Mm. And so uh, I have the, the, the potential to lean toward them and empathize more with their situation than even sometime with my own. So this, this thing of neighbor, you know, we back to the why and the who, you know, Jesus first loved us mm-hmm. and everything Jesus does. He want, I, you know, he wants in circulation. I don't want us to miss that. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. he loves us, if he forgives us, he has compassion on us. He expects for us to love others, have compassion on them, do the other thing. He said crazy stuff like love your enemy. Just let that kind of float there for a moment. Love your enemy. Most people are like, man, no. Which by the way, is loving your neighbor. Yeah. This yeah. is li- this is yeah. literally Luke 10. Exactly. Right. Because, exactly. because technically, the man that is on the road that's battered and beat up and wounded is the Samaritan enemy. Is the Samaritan's enemy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, if you know the history. Absolutely. Right, yeah. Rightly, rightly so. Because the, the Jewish persons were just like, you have your own little area. You have your own little mm-hmm. country within mm-hmm. our country. Oh, they consider this and man to be a dog, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, worse definitely. than a dog. Mm-hmm. Worse, worse than a dog. Mm-hmm. Just one of the animals. Mm-hmm. Just uh, maybe not even human. I mean, yeah. talk about dehumanization within yeah. the. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Activity. You know, I mean, but but when you think about this passage, there is. I love the fact that Jesus tells this story from the vantage point of a wounded kinsman. Mm-hmm. Because this this gentleman is leaving Jerusalem on the way to Jericho. Right. He's a wounded kinsman. He looks like you. Mm-hmm. And then he brings those that are responsible for um, facilitating worship amongst those kinsmen. Right. These are the people that are responsible for ushering us in, quote unquote, yeah. into the presence of God. Right. Yeah. The, the priest, the Levite, though the keeper of the temple, so to speak. And he says, okay. Your kinsmen, these are the people that you would expect to be right there for you. Because that's who, when he thinks, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Guess who he's thinking? He's thinking, those guys are my neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. kinsman, yeah. that kinsman priest. Sailing with me thinking about the Samaritan. That kinsman priest. <laughs> exactly. That kinsman exactly. Levite. Those are my neighbors. If anybody else, if, if there's anybody on the face of this earth that's my neighbor, 
those are my neighbors. Exactly. exactly. And those are the people that Jesus uses in the story to walk by him. I mean, we can even see, I mean, you know, fast forwarding a little bit in the gospel story, we can even see, you know, in this passage, why, uh, why the people in that class, the priests, the Levites, the Sadducees, the Pharisees were just like livid. Yes. That Jesus was using this. I mean, yes. not, not just because he was saying something nice about the Samaritan. <laughs> yes. It's because he's, 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 looking, him, he's yes. looking at him and saying, and saying, uh, you, we, you know, you know what he's I'm saying? Flip, he's yeah, flipping yeah, the he's, story. He's flipping it. He's the saying he, it's like, hero, y'all the, the non-neighborliness. The right? The y'all hero the non- has become yeah, the villain. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, and if we understand the significant issue with the Samaritans and the Jewish persons, it was because uh, the Samaritans during the exile, you know, they 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 mixed ethnic blood a lot of the times with Gentiles, mm-hmm. um, and but that was not the issue though. The issue was not the the mixing of the blood. The issue was uh, where the temple was located. Yes. And yes. the Samaritans that were goes actually... back to John chapter four, right? With the Samaritan yeah, woman. Hey, exactly. you worship over here. We Mount, worship Mount over Oregon. here. But here's the thing. It was enshrined into their practices for, you know, not just dozens of years, but hundreds of years Absolutely. during, during the exile. So they, so the Samaritans were cut off from kind of the mainstream Jewish uh, persons mm-hmm. for a significant period of time, not, not entirely cut off, but, but enough to adopt different practices to the degree that it would cause this much uh, acrimony. I love the way they emphasize this guy. Okay. They could have just said, this guy asked the question, right? But they said not only that, but he was an expert mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the law. This is just some Rudy Pooh guy. Just like I'm lost and don't know which way to go. This guy is an expert in the law. He knows he's right. He's got it right. And he just want to let Jesus know you are out of bounds. You don't know what you're talking about. Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's, here's and another G- piece. As you said earlier, Jesus took that and like ate him alive. Turn it back on. Oh, oh it, he, he, flip, he flips the story in so many different ways. He flips the story, like I said, by taking what this group, this audience would probably perceive as heroes. And he turns them into the people that know yeah. the, these, these people don't care. Right. And it's not to say that every priest and every Levite doesn't care. Right. But it's basically saying that just because you have kinsmen and just because you have some sort of religious experience does not mean that you're going to love well. Yeah. Right. And, and so, and so that's one group. And then he takes the group where it's like, Oh, well that guy, you know, how can he ever be considered a guy that's going to love well, which is a Samaritan who comes along mm-hmm. the road and he's the one that takes all the risk. He's the one. Yeah. He's the one that says, "Okay, yeah, I know we're on a dangerous road, but I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to go and see exactly. whether or not this exactly. man needs help." And I'm going and I'm going to extend myself and I'm going to bandage him and I'm going to care for him and I'm going to love him well. And he took him out sense. of the danger. And and I'm yeah, going to remove him from the danger from the wilderness, right? Yeah. From and the I'm going and I'm going to pour I'm going to pour sacrificially into his life, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. give up days of wages in mm-hmm. order to ensure that he has what he needs and all of mm-hmm. that and to care for him in that sense. And so he's the, he's the likely villain that they would see in the story yeah. and he becomes the hero and the likely heroes that they would see. Those are the ones that, that, that Jesus <laughs> yeah, turns yeah, yeah. and says, no, these are, these are the guys that are apathetic and, and don't care or, exactly. or, or are not willing to take the risk, so to speak, to cross, exactly. the, to cross the exactly. road. Well, they represent the temple. Exactly. Right. I mean, so he's talking directly into the conflict between the Jewish and Absolutely. the Samaritans. Yeah. There's an element to this, I guess, on the practical end, or I guess on the um, application end, that it, that, it, that has been molding my mind the past uh, 20 minutes or so that hasn't really been addressed. Sometimes when we're given a command from God, it comes at it, and I think this is a lot about what people feel anytime they feel like they have to, um, I guess it becomes almost performative in a way. A lot of people feel anxiety anxiety about following through on the commands because it it seems that the command that Jesus has given is 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 very just love your neighbor as yourself everyone's your neighbor right which is just like okay so how do i order this mm-hmm. how how do, how do i know for sure I'm everybody can't be my I'm neighbor being, man. i'm being the neighbor you know so i and, and and i think a lot of the times and this is where burnout can come mm-hmm. um especially living out the uh the life of christ and 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 i want to be clear on this that there will there 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 have been people who have been in situations that have just crossed my path and god has just said for one reason or another it's like this person's burden in this time and place mm-hmm. is is not for you to take care of mm-hmm. personally 
um, even if you can pray for them, even if you can, but ju- just because I would was not in a situation where I could mm-hmm. do that. And, 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 and I'm, I assume the same thing for you, Absolutely. Brian, I assume the same thing for you, Nettie, that's yeah. just, we have our physical limitations and, and, and I, and I've heard interpretations of this passage and passages like this that can be very guilt, uh, heavy, um, can cause guilt when we're not, you know, living out this command, uh, to what we perceive to be its uh, fullest conclusion sometimes mm-hmm. when it's really sometimes in our minds we take God's commands and we say, well, God's really asking us to do something more than what God is actually asking us to do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I want to be very, very clear in this, and I think there's a, a context clue um, it, within the uh, parable itself that helps us to be able to, to rationalize this and be able to uh, kind of pinpoint down where, um, where it is that, um, you know, who it is we're supposed to help. And, you know, because which each of these stories, you have the priest, you have the Levite, you have the Samaritan. Each of those persons, they're going about their regular day, right? They're going about a path they probably cross um, every day of their life. So there's that, uh, there's that normalcy to it. Um, and in, this, in the situation of the priest and the Levite, they're not willing to break through their normalcy. Yes to be able to help this person when it's yes. when he's right there. And you know the priest and right. the Levite have a lot more money yes. than the Samaritans. So they have the capacity. They yes. probably even have a greater capacity yes. to, uh, yeah. to take care. The Samaritan focuses on this one person, and, and, he, and, and then Jesus does not say something like, you know, then this person went out and perused the roads for the rest of their lives right. to find people uh, hurt and broken on right. the side of the road. Like he didn't intentionally go out just to find people who are hurt and broken. This was, he was going through the normal processes of his life and something, an opportunity was presented itself. Mm-hmm. And he obviously had God, uh, it was placed on his heart. He knew he had the capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, what if, you know, this guy began to walk and he had, you know, two or three people that he approached or like this on the road every single day? Mm-hmm. Would that Samaritan then have the capacity to do exactly what he did for the first one that he was doing for all the subsequent persons? No, no, he wouldn't have the capacity to do that. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this passage and I'm thinking, you know, there's, there's, that, there's that tendency to, um, to kind of lay guilt upon people's hearts mm-hmm. for not fully living into God's commands. When I, I think part of that guilt is really just people trying to, in their minds, conceptualizing um, God's commands as, as being more arduous, being, um, being, uh, being bigger and greater than what God is actually calling us to do. Because well, I this, think, I think there is a capacity aspect. Well, this it. is, this is the, the whole, this is the whole expert's dilemma. Yeah. The experts of the law's dilemma. I mean, that's that's when you get to that part about justifying of self, that's the dilemma. That's why he asked the question, Well, who's my neighbor? Yeah. Because this does mean that every single person that I cross, or every I mean, does it mean that I love everybody in the world as I love myself? This what 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 does this actually mean? Yeah. And wow. and what and what Jesus gets to is those along the way that Basically, you don't want to risk for, but you have the capacity to risk for. Yeah. You don't want to sacrifice for, but you have the capacity to sacrifice for. You don't want to extend mercy to, but you obviously can extend mercy to. They don't look like you, right? Yeah. And so you're fi- you may find an excuse in them not looking like you. Those are the very people that are your neighbor. Yes. Right? the people that may not look like you, but yet are in need and you have the capacity to mm-hmm. care for them. You have the capacity to extend mercy towards them. Yes. Yes. It may be risky, but nevertheless mm-hmm. it's available to you, right? Those are your neighbors. Love them as you would love you. And wrapping this up today, I want to, I want to draw out or bring us down to the latter part of this text, because I think there's just so much weight in here that needs to be fleshed out just a little bit. But verse 36, it says, which of these Luke chapter 10, again, verse 36, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him is how the expert of the law responded. 
Then Jesus told him, go and do the same. Go and do the same. And so what I find so profound, again, we're talking about all these flip-flops that Jesus is doing in this story and and bringing unexpected ends to all of these conclusions that this Mm -hmm. expert is drawing in his head. The expert begins this story by asking a simple question. Who is my neighbor? Mm -hmm. By the end of the story, Jesus has turned the question. And he's saying, well, who thinks you're their neighbor? Yeah. And so it's not even it's not even necessarily about, okay, let me try to figure out who do I love and who do I not love. Mm. Now Jesus is saying, hey, as you think about the people that are in need around you, as you think about the people that need love and generosity and grace and kindness around you, with those people look to you and say to themselves, yeah, that's my neighbor. I know when I look at Austin, I'll find grace. I know when I look at Nettie, I'll find mercy. I know when I turn to Brian, I'll find kindness. I'll find generosity. I'll find, I'll find help in my time of need. I know that when I look to these people that I can expect to be loved like they, like they love their very selves. And so literally, instead of us trying to find and pick and choose and say, oh, is my neighbor's over here, my neighbor's over oh, is my neighbor in, in Vicksburg or is my neighbor in Jackson? Rather, Jesus is saying, as you come in contact with the people that you mm-hmm. come in contact with on a regular basis along the way, would they say that Austin is my neighbor? Or would they say, oh, man, now that Austin, he's... He's so hardcore Republican, man. He's so hard or he's so hardcore Democrat that he just there's no way he'll neighbor yeah, so, me. There's, so there's no way. Even, Brian doesn't even know what I am. He doesn't even know how to classify me. I, I've, yeah, I've known you for what, and two that years? Is, that is a true statement. Yeah, two years. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what political ideology I have. Yeah, that's yeah. how. Uh, you, that's a true statement. You know what category to put you in, and, uh, whether it be politically uh, or otherwise. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, but but seriously, I mean, that's that's the question, right? Because right. so many of us, can we actually say exactly? Can we can point. we say that yeah, but, that that that, I, that someone Nettie Winters looks at Brian Crawford and yeah. says, yeah, I know I can receive generosity. I know I can receive grace mm-hmm. from him. Or would Nettie Winter say, nah, I probably can't because that Brian, man, he's so hardline yeah. liberal. And, he's and, so hardline and, Republican. And, I know I'm not going to get grace from yeah, him. Yeah, and See? what I love about, the, I'm just going to, let me let you have it. Uh, what I love about it is you're focusing on the being. Yes. Which the doing derives from. Yes. And and so many times I feel that when we approach pass this passage and passages like it, it's focused so much on the on the doing. Yes. So your your distinction says be yes. a neighbor. Yes. Or or act act neighborly so that others will see that neighborliness in you. Right. Instead of just that performative doing, doing, doing right. neighborliness. Right. In in my sense, he's he's saying to the expert. Now, Mr. Expert, are you a good neighbor? Are you a neighbor? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you yeah. a neighbor? And the expert is like, man, that backfired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You talk. I mean, and, remember and the so, te- the test was the test started yeah, out for Jesus. Jesus. And, yeah. and, and by the end, by the hey, end, the so, test is on the so, neighbor. So hey, hey, hey priests, Levites, yeah. do people see you as the neighbor? Absolutely. Yeah, so, oh man, so, I see why they killed him now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They crucified him. Yeah. You know, here's the takeaway from me. Is that rather than me trying to figure out whether Brian is going to be a good neighbor or whether or not he's my neighbor, whatever? Why don't I just try being a good neighbor and be through with it? Mm-hmm. Just yeah, live yeah. from the inside of me, knowing what I need to do, and not worry about it. you. If you're my enemy, love you anyway. Not trying to make the qualifications. That's what he said. He said, "Love yep. your enemy." Not trying to make if the you, qualifications and figure you, out who's if, who. If you're my friend, and you know, I don't know whether or not you ought to be conservative, Republican, or whatever y'all was talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. I am who I am, and I'm going to live out who I am, regardless of what setting I find myself mm-hmm. in. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's the true aspects of living reconciled. There you go. There you go. And, and why do we do it? Why do we do it? Because Jesus neighbored us. Right. And don't, don't He's miss. Neighboring, he never don't stopped. Miss, don't miss the fact. That Jesus neighbored us, that mm-hmm. we were, we were the man on the side of the road. Right, right. Lost, while I left, was yet his enemy, while I was yet a sinner. Left, abandoned, left for dead, mm-hmm. broken, poor, beaten up. We were the man on the side of the road. And Jesus, interesting enough, what Jesus is doing is he's not only 
giving us this story about a Samaritan, but he's putting himself in this very, very, very controversial position, right? Mm -hmm. In the terms of he is the Samaritan in this story right? that finds us on the side of the road yeah, and that patches us up and that and that cleans us up and that brings us healing, right? Mm -hmm. And that loves us even while yet we were his enemies Mm -hmm. and he loves us well. And so why do we go and do the same? We go and do the same because we have received this neighbor. He said, go and do likewise. We've received this neighbor. We've received this neighbor. And so as Christians, we have no choice but to respond in this way because we've received it, right? Mm -hmm. And again, what did you say, Nettie? That all of Jesus's works are reciprocal, right? He yeah. he does them he does them as, as, as with the intent that we're going to respond in kind mm-hmm. to to the world around us, right? Man, my vocabulary to get expanded on this podcast. Man. I know I love, I love big words, stupendous, <laughs> incredibly impressive. <laughs> wow! Yeah, what's the, what's the word of next week? Well, tune in to find out. There you go. Tune in to find out. Keep in mind, um, we're going to be talking about this as in, and we're going to sprinkle this in while we're interviewing great guests and and talking about a whole bunch of different things in 2024. If the Lord says the same, but one one threat that will probably run throughout 2024 is this challenge to love your neighbor well. We know that during this uh, this cultural moment, this age that we're in, it's easy to to put people in boxes and to and to say, "Hey, these are the people that we're supposed to treat kind, and these are the people that we're supposed to treat unkind, and these are the people that we're supposed to have patience for, and these are the people that we can be impatient towards." But let let us remind you, and I hope this I hope this episode reminded you today that your neighbor is the one that you meet along the road. And that neighbor doesn't have journey. to be your it's kin. It doesn't have to be your kin. It doesn't have to even be your your political preference. But Jesus calls us to be the kind of neighbors that those individuals will look to and say, yeah, in that person I can find grace, mercy, kindness, love, sacrifice, and forgiveness. It's been a great privilege and pleasure again to be with you. And on behalf of Nettie Winters, Austin Hoyle, we want to sign off saying, God bless. God bless. Welcome to 2024. Thanks for joining Living Reconciled. If you would like more information on how you can be a part of the ongoing work of helping Christians learn how to live in the reconciliation that Jesus has already secured, please visit us online at missionmississippi.org or call us at 601-353-6477. Thanks again for listening.